What's up, everybody? I'm Jason Weisenberg. And I'm Michael Weisenberg. Welcome to Weisland NCAA Tournament Edition. Exciting weekend. We just got the got the selection show. The tournament is happening this year, so that's already 100% improvement over what we saw a year ago. Yes. Definite improvement. We passed the one-year mark of when things kind of went down with COVID-19 in the United States. And we did not have an NCAA tournament last year. We can only imagine what would have happened in the NCAA tournament last year. So it will be nice, and we're hoping everything goes very well in Indiana. Um, definitely things a little different this year in terms of scheduling. We just wanted to kind of uh, shut that out. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's not the traditional Thursday, like, like Tuesday play-ins and then Thursday, Friday, round of 64, Saturday, Sunday. It's not like, yeah, it's Friday. Let's break down the schedule, Jace. The, the first four is all on Thursday. So it'll be on Thursday, March 18th. In Indiana, not in Dayton, as per yeah. for tradition, you know, usual tradition, it's in Dayton, but obviously everything's in Indiana. So I yeah. think we really need to get into that. I know they're in different parts of Indiana, but yeah, we don't really care about uh, that whole thing because there will be limited fan interaction. Um, the first round starts on Friday, March 19th, and Saturday, March 20th. The second round will be Sunday, March 21st, and Monday, March 22nd, uh, all across TBS, CBS, TNT, and True TV. The Sweet 16 will start on Saturday and Sunday, March 27th and March 28th. And the Elite Eight will be on weekdays, so it'll be Monday and Tuesday. And then the usual, uh, so Monday, March 29th, Tuesday, March 30th. And the usual uh, will apply with the Final Four and the National Championship. Final Four will be on Saturday, April the 3rd on CBS. And the finals will be Monday, April the 5th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's the only time we care about here at Vines Nine o'clock Eastern Standard. And yeah, plus, plus three. And then do the math for your time zone, respectively. So yeah, April the 5th is when hopefully this whole thing will end and we will have an NCAA champion. And hopefully we'll be satisfied with who that champion is. But uh... yeah, we can definitely hope. Um, I think there's an absolute favorite and or at least a couple favorites if you're choosing them. But we're expecting some crazy things to happen this year. Uh, as much as... Usually the the analytics tend to favor the favorites. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, you you see a team and you're like, this is the team that has a, a formula I really like or, or something along those lines. So we're just going to kind of go over the bracket with you, go over each region, give you some NBA prospects to look at, and give you some things to look at for the NCAA tournament this year in 2021. And just as a preface, if you are gambling on the tournament, don't necessarily use our picks here. We, we can't guarantee we're going to make you oh, money. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. So Jason yesterday called me during the NCAA selection show that I decided not to watch. I try not to watch as little bracketology as possible. I, I find that, first off, I, I never would go with them 100% because if you go with them 100%, you will be wrong. I want to be right. I want to be as right as possible. I'm not getting there either. 
you could be like, you know, obviously like you have a guy like Ken Pomeroy or, or some brilliant mathematician who comes up with formulas and everything like that. It's a single game. Things are going to happen. Teams are not necessarily going to play their average basketball. Sometimes they may play a lot worse. Sometimes they may play better, but it's a, in this single game format. That, that's why it's March Madness. That's why all these things happen. A player can have an amazing game. You could be missing players. We're really not sure. Right now, there are some favorite teams who are missing crucial pieces to their team. Or coming, or coming off, you know, pretty long breaks. <laughs> like, I, well, yeah, I don't know. Not, it's not good reason, but yeah. Um, to an extent. Yeah, you, you're right with a few teams that uh, basically had to miss some games in their conference tournament. But yeah, they uh, it, it's it could get wild. And especially, you know, with the, the limited fans, w- with everything, we're, we're not sure if, if that's going to favor the favorites or we'll, we're going to be as surprised as all of you. So don't call them Viseland expert picks, but just call them Viseland educated guest picks. Yes. Correct. Yeah, we haven't seen the spoiler results yet for, for the NCAA tournament. So I wish I had a Back to the Future 2 um, you know, almanac guide. I wish, but I do not. And if I did, I probably wouldn't tell you, but I don't. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of going to use here. Um, ESPN actually has a cool feature for people in, uh, that have ESPN Plus. And it, it's kind of like a, a bracket predictor or bracket, uh, what's it called? It's the exact name is the, yeah, well, it is called the bracket predictor. They're not that creative um, at ESPN there. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a prediction, but that doesn't necessarily make it a fact. But nonetheless, it it's just gives us a, a few stats, but we're just going to kind of go over the round of 64 we're just kind of uh, break down the tournament as we go forward. And as we progress, we're going to give you a few names to look at, a few teams that might be uh, poised for upsets, and uh, just give you our, our general opinion on uh, what, um, how our brackets are looking at, at the very least. And um, I, it's been a while since I've had a good bracket. I, I won't lie. It's been, you know, it's yeah. Sometimes, well, sometimes it's hit and miss. You know, it's one day. It's one day at a time. You it's know. been a while since I've even like chosen the chant right. Yeah, I, I I I try and go out there. I usually have a team I choose at the beginning of the year, and sometimes uh, that team lets me down. Well, it's hard. Um, the last little, you know, like really one of the last times too. It's like you have like Virginia who loses to a sixteen the year before. Oh, yeah. no, I yeah, I, I, I base it a lot, a lot off you know prior grudge as well. But starting off, we're gonna we are gonna look at oh our... Virgi- Virginia the year before absolute bracket killer. Yeah, um, granted we were missing DeAndre Hunter, but you know they, yeah they they destroyed many a bracket that year before. Yes, I, I think you do kind of at, at times begrudge the team that destroyed your bracket. Yeah, but yeah we're, we're I'm just gonna go, go through. Uh, Jason's gonna make a, a few picks. And we're, we're just going to kind of use this bracket predictor and maybe see uh, what's going on here. So, yeah, we're, we're going to start. Let's start with uh, our favorite region, the, the Viseland region, we feel, of the NCAA tournament this year. And that is the West region for many a reason. 
first off, it has the team that is the, I, I would say, absolute favorite in the NCAA tournament this year. They come into the tournament 26 and 0. They, uh, yeah, so only, I think they're, okay, well, yeah, they're the, at least the only undefeated team in all of NCAA basketball. There are, actually are a few teams that only have one loss, but uh, many of those have only played one game or haven't really played too many major teams. But um, Gonzaga is the team that I, I think is the overwhelming favorite this year in the tournament. They have um, at least a, a few players that are going to be on, on the All-American team. They have uh, Corey Kisper, who was the WCC Player of the Year. Uh, Jalen Suggs, one of the best freshmen in the nation. Their leading scorer, I believe, still is Drew Timmy. Yeah. And he, he'll be an All-American on one of the the teams. Joel Ayayi has been great the past few years there. And um, they moved Andrew Nemhard into the starting lineup, was a two-year starter at Florida, spent most of the season coming off of the bench. But now they're kind of going with like the three-guard lineup, Kisper at the four and Timmy at the five. Um, still having Anton Watson, Watson play a, a decent amount off the bench as well. Um, so yeah, let's just pencil Gonzaga in. They, they do have, um, they play the winner of what will be a play-in game. And, uh, the play-in is Norfolk State versus, versus Appalachian State. Which a lot of people wanted that to be Michigan because Michigan and Appalachian State had a football mix up a number of years ago where Appalachian State beat Michigan and Michigan was ranked pretty high in the, in the top 25. But yeah, yeah I think Gonzaga, the, like, yeah, first round, not going to be a problem for Gonzaga. Like, definitely one of the, the deeper teams that is... If that, Gonzaga were to lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament after going undefeated for the season with, like, a good non-conference schedule, my yeah. view, th that would just be absolutely... I... I the. Before Virginia lost to UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore oh, County, for those that don't know, um, like uh, 16 had never beaten a one. And yeah. it, like you just would pretty much throw them ahead. And uh, now we we kind of think about that at times, but yeah, we're, I think just, we're yeah, pretty confident here. The, yeah, the depth, like the depth of, of Gonzaga's. <laughs> yes. So Oklahoma, Missouri. Oklahoma has a, a couple good upperclassmen with Austin Reeves, Brady Manick. They are pretty much the favorite here. Um, Missouri had a, a better strength of schedule. Yeah, they beat well. They beat West Virginia twice. They beat Kansas. They beat Texas. They beat Alabama. So they have some pretty, you know, like decent. Uh, I guess like Q one wins. Yes. What about Missouri? Missouri. They beat Illinois like super super early. And yes. then they beat Arkansas, they beat Alabama. Who is another team that they beat? I don't have their full schedule. <laughs> um, the University of Oregon in our first game of the year. Oh, yeah. I try to forget, <laughs> I try to forget those losses. <laughs> and let me just say, Missouri looked pretty damn good. They, they have a couple Smiths. They have Mark Smith. They have Drew Smith. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're not a bad little team. So, yeah, I tend to like i don't know i guess maybe this could be 
it's partially me not believing in Oklahoma, and that could be because I saw them lose twice quite recently to Kay Cunningham and Oklahoma State, who are, of course, one of the um, better-ranked teams in the tournament. Um, oh, yeah, Xavier Pinson, too. Man, tough dude. I, I, I personally went with Missouri here. But uh, well, Oklahoma's, yeah, Oklahoma's been, you know, like owned for regular season finish. So you're like, that's pretty not, not going in on the best, best of, of footing. So it's a, but again, it's like one of those, the A9 is such a toss up because you look at a lot of their, their statistics throughout the season. It's like super close. Yeah. <laughs> like, like most, like most eight nines, it is really close. And um, they have Oklahoma as being a one and a half point favorite. I'm penciling in Missouri. I'm going with Mizzou. I think the Tigers got this. Um, now, I will tell you something that I'm kind of interested in doing that ESPN tells me is a really bad idea. And that is having Cal Santa Barbara over Creighton. Now, I think partly you know why the reason I want them over Creighton. And I'm guessing that might be the reason you might want them over Creighton. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, like, yeah, you're, it's hard to, not really, like, not taking anything out on those players, but the coach, you kind of just want yeah, to exactly, see. Exactly, exactly. kind of want to see. Oh, Marcus Zagorowski has always been a guy that I've really enjoyed. You know, he's big uh, biggies player. Yeah, like, some other, Christian Bishop, Denzel Mahoney. Like, it, Creighton has some nice players. UCSB has some interesting talent as well. Also hot. Um, 15 to 16 in their last their last yeah. games. They got Jacory um, McLaughlin was Big West player of the year. Yeah. Former Oregon State player, Jacory McLaughlin. Um, and yeah, the other thing USC USCB or UCSB has is um, they have Miles Norris, former Oregon Duck. So Oregon State, Oregon coming together. Um, Miles Norris has been kind of their uh, – well, yeah, he's averaging 0.9 blocks per game. But no, he, he was a really good athlete. He was actually a player I was kind of looking forward to seeing develop. Um, Amadou Sao, who um, used to play for Prolific Prep. He's got like, 30, uh, like 13 and 7, I think, like in the regular season. I don't know what he yeah. did. Yeah, Ramsey – um, who played for Nevada, and um, they have another transfer in Josh Pierre Louis, who played for Temple. And you know what? I'm going with my gut on this one. You going with the Gauchos? I'm going with the Gauch. You know, gotta gotta give it up for the Big West. There's some pretty cool cool schools in that league and it's yeah it's like one of those situations where just get some pretty solid transfers and and seeing what they could do but yeah Cray- Creighton you know again still a good team but yeah obviously not not uh, rooting for uh, McDermott over there so not gonna not gonna fully disagree with that but then the next matchup is is interesting oh, one, just one second I'm gonna tell you why they hate Santa Barbara Santa Barbara is like one of the worst offensive rebounding teams out of any of the NCAA tournament teams. So that, they're, they're really going in hard on that one. But I'm going with Gouch anyway. Okay, let's. Yes, now continue. At 12, 12 beats a five. But yeah, next, next matchup is going to be interesting. We got Virginia coming off a bit of a lull with the four seed against Ohio, who had like tons of buzz early in the year. The MAC champs, like they barely lost to Illinois, 
Like that was insanely close game. I think it was like a two point, two point game earlier in the year. But yeah, Virginia, they've had some interesting, you know, games. They've lost to quite a good number of ranked teams. They lost to Gonzaga by 23. They lost to Florida State by 20. So like those aren't necessarily very endearing, trustworthy statistics that you're, you know, you're really going to rely heavily on there. And they are coming off a bit of a, a COVID break. So I don't know what effect that that's going to have on their team if everybody's at capacity. So what is your thought in this game? Because again, Jason Preston had buzzer in the year. Definitely someone that still kind of has some, a little cachet there as someone to kind of watch. So what's your kind of feeling on, on this matchup? I, I, everything you're saying is, is very true. I, it's hard for me to really fault the COVID break that they had. Um, I, I, I guess it might've thrown off their practice schedule, but Which basically it was like, like missing who- the conference tournament. It's just like who was affected by it. like it's more like who who was affected by it. and like what what that is not like yeah. as a as a gross punishment but like yeah Kihei Clark you know still still there it seems like it's his fifteenth year but um yeah and uh, obviously you know they got a huge transfer in Sam Hauser Trey Murphy has been uh, a guy who has been on the NBA radar they're one of the better three point shooting teams in the nation as well and well I, I think Ohio is a good team. Jason Preston obviously has like this statistical profile that is very, very impressive. Um, and just really knows how to read the game also. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to make some noise. I, I still think Virginia is, uh, the, the, my, my favorite here. Um, yeah, I, I would choose Virginia. They are, um, seven and a half point favorites and, it does seem to to favor them. The one thing with Jason Preston that I was a little surprised with is he had shot over 70% from the line, free throw line, um, as a freshman and sophomore. This year, shooting 58.5%. Shooting well from three, but nonetheless, it, it was a little surprising. They do have a, some help for him as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I'll favor Virginia in this one. In the 413. And then we got in the six, we got USC playing a play-in between Wichita State and Drake. Wichita I wanted State. to talk about the play-in for a second. Yeah. And Wichita State has a, a couple transfers that came in. Wichita State actually kind of a, a cool story after the whole Greg Marshall deal. Yeah. Um, Drake is missing a couple of their best players. And I don't know if you remember this guy at all. He played for Wisconsin Green Bay. His name was Shaquan... Hemphill, known as Tank. He dunked on Kenny Wooten so yeah, hard. Yeah. Tank Hemphill has been hurt for a really long time. He was their leading scorer. He was Drake's leading scorer. Um, I think their third leading scorer, Roman Penn, also hurt. So, yeah, that could lean in, in Wichita State's favor there. I'm going with USC. I, I think, you know, having Evan Mobley, who is a likely – um, he, right now, he, I would say he's the favorite to go second in the NBA draft. He's going to be a first or second team All-American this year. And USC has some, I, I would say, some senior leadership as well, not to mention Evan Mobley's older brother, Isaiah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think USC could be an actual team here. And uh, they did – Colorado just seemed to have their number. But, yeah, I, I could see USC making a little bit of noise in uh, this particular section of the bracket. Yeah, and then coming up, you know, who they would play. We got Kansas going against Big Sky champions, Eastern Washington, Kansas. I think their, their McCormick is out. They obviously just came off, you know, a bit of a break as well. Yes. Coming at the three. Kansas seems to be a lot realer in the terms of the break. Yeah. Not, not only is David McCormack and well, I, I think David McCormack and Tristan and Aruna both had COVID-19. Um, so they're tentative. But I think heard they're that, out. Oh, what? I think they said McCormick's out. At least that's what I heard. So who knows? I, 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 heard he, I heard he could possibly come back later. But yes, I think he is out right now. Um, one player that I have heard is out as well is Jalen Wilson. And that really, like with McCormack, Jalen Wilson, and Tristan Anaruna, that really hurts your front court depth. Um, now, in terms of Eastern Washington, they're, they're an up they're an up tempo team but they're also yeah. a high turnover up-tempo team <laughs> which does, doesn't help you you know if you get in a little bit of a hole against a team like Kansas yeah yeah and yeah I I felt like so we played them yeah they lost to the Ducks by 17 yes but they had a close one against Arizona they only lost by three so like those were their two like biggest biggest games against Pac-12 Pac-12 teams not loving the odds. Yeah, it's not looking. It's not looking. <laughs> it's still not looking good for for you know Eastern Washington. Yeah, and again, like that's kind of. I'm, I'm I'm liking I'm liking Kansas even even with the depleted roster. If they have guys like Miles Garrett, uh, Ohai or Oshay Obaji, um, yeah, like they still have players, and um, yeah, Kansas is one of those teams that you know, could maybe even use like a, a Mitch Lightfoot or somebody like that to, to come in and play some minutes. Oh, Christian Braun as well. Um, so yeah, they, uh, I, I, I at least like them to, to get that, that first win against Eastern Washington. Yeah. In the, in the three fourteen, like I, I, you, you hope they can, I mean, Kansas obviously they've let people down and I mean, no, there's, yeah, there's no hoping for me, but yeah. It's and fun. then the seven ten, we got Oregon coming in VCU. So obviously, <laughs> the yeah. it's going to so be a my, tough match for the Ducks. It's going to be what a tough match because again VCU run and gun full court press. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think Oregon has this one. Um, I Nishan Bones Highland is a star player in the NCAA and uh, can really shoot the ball as well. Vince Williams also, you know, was a good player in EYBL and uh, has built into a, a good player. Those are like their two shooters though. And I, I just don't think they, they have a ton else going on there. I, I like the Ducks chances here. Like, I, I think the Ducks small ball could do really well. Um, obviously, with Oregon 
it comes down to just keeping players out of foul trouble since they have little to no depth. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think VCU has tons of depth. And they also don't have anyone like insanely big either. So it's not like they 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 create that matchup for you know matchup difference for the Ducks where it's like they do have yeah. a center. So like luckily, my Stockard is like a a big dude, and they, they have like a couple like big guys, but yeah, nobody nobody like who's an enormous presence in the middle. I would say. Yeah. So but, yeah, I uh, I'm liking Oregon's chances. We're moving them ahead. In well, you the, know how I always feel. Yeah, like I, because then if, if the Ducks lose, I always feel it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I always pick the Ducks for like everything. But I Kevin, cheer for them no matter what. But like, if I see a bad matchup for them, I, I'm gonna be straight up. Oh, I drink so much Kool-Aid. It's like I have no no idea what's what. But yeah, no, like I, yeah. So if you actually want to win a bracket, then yeah, like you have to be. Use your mind, but me, it's like you, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, I, you don't always do that though. No, uh, I, I, I usually sometimes I'll do I, like I feel like you have as much faith in Oregon as I do this year, which, uh, I, I think we'll see just how much and yeah, that'll get tested. Um, bottom, bottom of the bracket, Iowa Grand Canyon University. Yeah. Much, much love. Is Dan Marley still their coach? Oh, uh, no, no, it's Bryce, Bryce Drew is the other coach, so. Yeah. So how much I've been keeping up with them, but yeah, I gotta tell you, Luca Garza, good luck. So Iowa, it's gonna go. Yeah, well, the like we're saying, Luca Garza, as we uh, spoke recently about Wooden Award winners, um, their teams have tended to go pretty far in the tournament, which means that Luca Garza is like bound to crash, right? Not in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna keep going this year. I actually think I was a pretty damn good team. Like it's always been a pretty impressive team to me. I, I know a lot of people are, are a little down on Iowa. Um, but yeah, like and they lost Jack Nunji, who was a, a really good backup big for them. But yeah, they shoot exceptionally well. They have a guy in uh, Joe Wieskamp who I think is a legit NBA prospect as well with Luca Garza and um, just some great shooting and Jordan Bohannon, CJ Frederick. And another guy that like really has popped to me every time I've watched him is Keegan Murray. Um, so another player to keep an eye on. Um, he's a freshman. He's a little bit older, but yeah, he's, I, I think he's just a good player. Um, so yeah. We big, uh big ten is super out. the the more you the more the deeper you keep digging into your bra- like the brackets and looking at it, big ten was pretty yeah. pretty solid this year. So I know I've gone mostly chalk here, but um yeah I'm I'm going with Iowa, and let's move on to the East. East, you got Michigan as the number one, and they will face either the winner of is it. Who's Texas Southern. I know. What's the other team? Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. Yes. The Mounts. But yeah, I don't projected, think... I... Mount St. Mary's is projected to win uh, the play-in. Okay. Uh, Michigan obviously fell a little bit short of uh, the Big Ten Championship. They still... They have a player who is gaining lottery buzz in Franz Wagner who uh, great defender, 
just does so many like of the little things, not to mention is up to his three point shooting to 38.4%. Um, so yeah, he was like, it was egregious that he was left off of the all big 10 defensive team. Um, and then another, but yeah, they, they have a, a really important player who, who has been a, a long time um, role guy for them, Isaiah Livers, and he's out indefinitely. Yeah. So yeah, they they still do have a, a nice depth. Um, not to mention uh, one of the best freshmen in the NCAA and center Hunter Dickinson, who has definitely exceeded my expectations. One thing I will say and I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure I probably brought this up on the show before. Hunter Dickinson went up against Evan Mobley in high school last year and got the better of him, though he went up against Scotty Barnes and Scotty Barnes uh, got the better of him, not to mention Montverde being a, a tremendous team. It just seems like Hunter Dickinson is like one of those guys who is slow, but is a killer in the post, enormous seven foot two, knows how to score, um, so yeah, he, he's been really good. They have the play of Eli Brooks and Mike Smith, Shondi Brown, who um, was from Wake Forest coming off the bench. Um, yeah, they, uh, oh yeah, and Brandon Johns too. He's always played a, a little bit of a role over his few years in Michigan. So yeah, I, I like, let, let's pencil Michigan in. Yeah, the Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah, it's hard to go against. But of course, now we're coming up. We got the eight and nine. It's LSU, Saint Bonaventure. Yes, LSU. You know, had a pretty pretty good little run there in the SEC tournament. They did. They did. Really Saint, close. Saint Bonaventure is also interesting, but you know, some things with them like they're pretty much only five deep, which again, not great in a tournament situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of a slower tempo as well. So you know, if they can really gain and maintain control, that's great. But again, if you're trying to make it come back, slow tempos, you know, not really, really going to help, help out there. Yeah. I do like their starting five a lot, but yeah, LSU, you know, uh, Cam Thomas, one of the leading scoring freshmen in the NCAA this year. And um, a, a guy who was playing great in the uh, SEC tournament was Trenton Watford. Um, not to mention Javante Smart has been there for three years now. Darius Days is a monster and kind of like a, a big man for them as well. Um, and then they, they're not like exceedingly deep either, but they, they have like so, some really nice role players. So yeah, I, I think um, while, while it is a close matchup, they're only predicted on the bracket predictor to win by uh, 1.5 points. And St. Bonaventure does have a 16 and four record. Um, but they haven't really, played, has they haven't game. played any top 25 teams. LSU has, but they're two and five. But yeah, so it's like, it's. I'm with you. It's one of those words. It's hard to know, like, really what the, you know, cause again, like they don't like St. Bonaventure obviously didn't get probably, you know, full non-conference slate that they would have probably liked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would, again, I would probably, yeah, give, Tip, tip to LSU just to I because I, again I think the way they played in the SEC tournament was pretty strong so hopefully they can kind of ride that momentum I'm with you man uh so yeah we have a team that um all of a sudden 
is showing uh, why why March is mad, and that is the Georgetown Hoyas, who not only won the Big East but like kind of destroyed it. I think it was Patrick Ewing being pissed off that the people at Madison Square Garden didn't know who he was. That certainly was part I of think it. That was the fire. That certainly was part of it. They um, so yeah, their their path there. They beat Marquette 68-49. They beat Villanova 72-71. That was an incredibly close game. The foul at the end won them the game. Um, they beat Seton Hall 68-58. And then they proceed to beat the Daylights out of Creighton in the final 73-48. They are a 13-12 and team on the year. No, totally. They, and they bump out a Louisville. Or they bump out some other, you know, they got oh, one of those, you know. Oh, they, they, there they was one less. Yeah. yeah. There was one less, like, kind of at large team. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, busted somebody's uh, hopes in the bubble. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm i thinking Colorado has the advantage here. I mean, McKinley um, Wright, Wright in his, like, 40th year of, of college yeah. – and then also they, yeah, they have like a incredibly successful college career. Oh, totally. And they have a couple other upperclassmen, Dryhorn, Evan Batty, Deshaun Schwartz, who I, I feel has always kind of been a bit of an underachiever. Um, they have Samaki Walker's son, Jabari Walker, has been a great freshman for them this year. Um, another senior big, Dallas Walton. I, I I'm like in. I'm liking the, the the apparent cream of the crop in the top twelve. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I guess not winning the regular season or postseason somehow can get you a higher seed. Then they beat USC three times. Yeah, I, I think that that was the the big thing there. Um, split with Oregon. Yeah, and they, they, yeah they have I guess they're seven and zero on quadrant two wins for for basketball. You know, index so. And they, did play better than Oregon did against Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament as well. Yeah. That's one thing I'll say for them. So yeah, we're they're four and a half point favorites. Giving that to the Colorado Buffs. Then we got Florida State, the number four against UNC Greensboro, thirteen. Obviously, Scotty Barnes. Something we talked about quite a bit. Big, big fans of over here. There's no way I'm choosing Scotty Barnes to to go down. Yeah, like I think again, like I don't think Florida State will. Do that. I think they've been they've been you know pretty decently strong this year. Indeed, NC Greensboro, Isaiah Miller, um, yeah, always have like a, a pretty strong squad. But yeah, Florida State just has the size. Um, they have Scotty. Florida Florida State also two and against Florida State two and against top twenty five. Yeah. So yeah, I. I <laughs> I mean, again, well, you know, other team zero and zero. So I mean, again, you yeah. got to take take what you can get. But yeah, I think I think Florida State takes it there. I think again, just athletically, kind of in a, in a different different ballpark. And then the next game is a number six against the play-in. We got BYU. They looked like they were very close to Gonzaga at a point in the in the West Coast Conference Finals. But then when you look at the final score, it was like a twenty-point game. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, they had it for like a minute, you know, it was like, oh my God, within, you know, five minutes or like a few points. Obviously that didn't happen, but they are playing against the most, I guess, exciting or interesting play-in in the history of the NCAA play-in. 
Maybe one of the most blue blood plans. Yeah, you got Michigan State or UCLA. Yeah, which is and which is crazy. That's it's apparently that. Michigan State is the the favorite there. UCLA has been hot and cold. They they've suffered some injuries as well. Michigan State has uh, a player who's been on the NBA draft radar for a while, and Aaron Henry, who is a really interesting wing prospect and has been a lot of fun this year. Um, still feeling like BYU just has that, that squad to, to take them down. Um, Alex Barcelo used to play for Arizona. They have seven foot three Matt Harms who played for Purdue um, leading the way. Brandon Everett is their other kind of scoring threat. They have a, a nice freshman, Caleb Lohner. I, I'm going with uh, BYU to, to take down the, uh, the playing game of the 11 seed. Yeah, it's hard to bet against Tom H to the Izzo during March, but again, like BYU has like 10 guys that are averaging more like double digit minutes. So, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty deep team. And again, like neither Michigan State or UCLA. If you're in this situation, obviously something wasn't necessarily started clicking. Yeah. Weird, but, um, you know, great that they both get to, to say they were in the tournament this year. But yeah, I, I doubt either one is really moving along. And then in the 3 4 team, we got an interstate matchup between Texas and Abilene Christian. The only reason I know about Abilene Christian, of course, is because Mel Kuyper, Daniel, Daniel Manning from, Daniel Manning from Abilene Christian in the NFL draft numbers of years ago. That's all the only name Mel Kuyper knew, and he yeah. said it a lot. So that's the only reason I know this school exists. But again, Texas, I think front court depth. And, let's just chalk Texas in here. Yeah, that, that, uh, let, let, let's move Texas there. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't think that's going to be a thing. Seven ten, we got UConn Maryland, James Booknight. James Booknight, indeed. Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala and Dante Scott for uh, Maryland. Uh, Daryl Marcel won the Big Ten uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of feeling like this may be the, the 10 spot. As, as well as UConn has played and with them having the kind of star power guy, they do have RJ Cole as well. I'm kind of like in Maryland here. I, I, I thought Maryland put up a, a little bit of a fight. They almost uh, kept Michigan State out of the tournament. So yeah, I, I'm I'm rolling with Maryland, I'll, albeit they do have 13 losses. <laughs> and therefore, yeah, they, they, but again, so do a lot of teams. It was this like they had a really high strength of schedule. Yeah, and we're definitely a far yeah, it's definitely a far far ways away from the from the. Days of yesteryear with like Juan Dixon and Steve Blake, yeah. you know, Maryland's kind of not the basketball power that it once was. But and then the two fifteen, we got um Alabama Iona, um, Rick Pitino. He's in the tournament. That is back. Fantastic story. You know who's not in the tournament? The team Rick Pitino used to coach. <laughs> also his his son as well. Couple teams Rick Pitino used to coach. Also his son who just got fired from Minnesota. But yeah, Iona. Oh, you know, I th- so it's a. Oh, yeah, it's like Rick Patino, Tubby Smith, and Long Kruger. They're the only coaches to take five different teams to the tournament. And then the last, I guess the last coach at Iona that ever won a tournament game was Jim Valvano. These are all super cool stories and statistics. But again, I think Alabama yeah. clicking, at a, clicking, to, clicking at a pretty high level right now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah Alabama, Herb Jones was the SEC player of the year. Um, John Petty. Javon Quinterly, I believe, won the most outstanding player of the SE2 tournament. He was a transfer from Villanova, um, really smooth point guard. 
Yeah, and they did lose. Um, I, I believe he he's out for the the near future, but um, they lost a an important freshman, and uh, that was. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Damn it, Josh Primo. Yeah, so Josh Primo might be out, but still a, a, some definite depth there and um, shooting really well. And. Alabama also has the honor, along with Oregon, as being the only teams to win the conference in both football and basketball this year. Obviously, take a lot of those things with lots of grains of salt because lots of dominoes need to fall in a lot of different weird directions to make these statistics work. But it has Oregon in it, and it seems cool. I'll take it because, obviously, you know, football was obviously very interesting. But moving on, we got the South. We got Baylor for the first time ever. You know, as a number one, they've had some some years where they've been ranked very high at, at times, but they've never actually been higher than a three in the tourney. So Baylor's number one going against Hartford. I think this is Hartford's first time ever making the tournaments. Crazy. I believe so. Good. You know that famer, famous uh, Hartford alumnus, Vin Baker. Don't believe he's on the team now. <laughs> oh, so, I gotta yeah. say again, it's a great, great story for them. I hope they get as many t-shirts as they can, but yeah, I think Baylor, is a very experienced team, so I will. I will pencil it. My favorite, yeah, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, Macy Teague, Matthew Mayer, um, Alan Flagler. Yeah, they, they're a really good team. Yeah, so let's let's just say Baylor. We'll 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 do that one. Eight nine. You got North Carolina, Wisconsin. Interesting spot for both of them because you know some of them have definitely had better better years. That they've been been ranked, but obviously not the not the strongest year for for either team. Yes, I favor Wisconsin here. Yeah, and I know that North Carolina is a one and a half point favorite. Wisconsin is, uh, I believe, their average starter is thirty years old, and um, maybe a little bit of hyperbole there. I, I'm thinking that that advantage of experience and, and age really plays into their favor in this one. And though they, though they lost to pretty much like all the elite big 10 teams, they, they, they did beat Loyola Chicago or in the year in there, they're having a strong, strong, strong year there. But yeah, you at UNC right now, like it's a very all over the place team. They're, they're third in rebounds per game, but they're 270th and three point percentage. So there, there's a lot of, lot of leeway going on there. Interesting enough though, Roy Williams is 15 and 0 in the first round during his time at UNC, but you know, rules and streaks are, are, are out there to be broken. So indeed we will push. We will, this could be the year. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll push Wisconsin ahead there. And then the next matchup you got Villanova Winthrop. Winthrop's a team I really knew very well back in the later mid to mid 2000s because Oregon seemed to play them every single year during the winter break when I wasn't, you know, like I had to give my tickets to other people because I was going to be away, but yeah, coming out of the big South, there are super fast temple 25, 25th in points per game against Villanova, a team that you really generally, I, I like Jay Wright. I usually kind of pull for their guard play. Colin Gillespie is out. Good so point. He's not going to be in obviously Jeremiah Robinson Earl still there, but yeah. I think they're then, Justin here. Moore was dealing with an injury as well. Yeah. Uh, was playing, but yeah. Dealing with an injury. Yeah, they're coming off a little bit of a break as well. So it's like a very interesting. Well, they, got, they just got beat. But I think they also had some COVID issues as well. Not that or early in the year, they had a pretty long. 
Yeah. So like a 19 day, almost like a three week mm-hmm. break. But yeah, the margin of error for them, I guess. Oh, just- yeah. You just, you mean just in general. Yeah. They, they only play 22 games on the year. Um, yeah. And Winthrop is 23 and one. They have played, I believe, nobody. Um, their biggest wins were University of North Carolina, Greensboro, and Furman. Yeah. It's just, it was pretty much just conference stuff. They do have a player named Chandler Vaudrin, who I, I've heard some things about. He's pretty much averaging like 13, 7, and 7, um, and is about six foot seven. Um, nonetheless, I, I think this is a. Uh, this is looking like it's Nova's game. <laughs> and then in the 413, you got Purdue, North Texas. Purdue, they swept Ohio State, but they definitely lost to pretty much the majority of the other, you know, again, like this kind of that elite echelon of, of Big Ten team. They do have a Canadian, Jason. And I don't know if – are you aware of who their Canadian is? I have no idea. I know they're, they're out there. His name is Zach Eady. And he actually played for the Northern Kings IMG Academy, seven foot four. Okay. Yes. Now, not only is he seven foot four, he's he's only averaging fourteen point seven minutes per game. In that time, nine minutes, four point five or nine points, four point five rebounds in a block. Okay. Um, they have Travion Williams, who um, was on the U19s a few years ago, uh, that stacked team. Uh, freshman Jaden Ivy, who had been at USA Basketball stuff. Um, so yeah, they, they have a, a few players definitely of intrigue, and uh, I think I, I'm, I'm taking them in this one. Yeah, I think North, North Texas, I mean, I think they're, they're supposed to be a defensive kind of team, trying to force bad shots, but again, pretty small, un, unimpressive sample size, yeah. I guess. But I think like Purdue has has proven that they can't they can't play yeah. with, with some you know real teams so they're they're also enormous <laughs> yeah. we'll move Purdue along there then next up we got Texas Tech Utah State Texas Tech this year they got YouTube favorite Mac McClung indeed they do and Utah State has a Mountain West player of the year who's yes, Keta. 15 points a game 10, 10 right right out of Portugal that is a pretty Pretty solid, pretty solid stat line. To yeah. kind of anchor, pretty solid, solid defense. You know, get getting Good that. Dude. Yeah, and they they have some other interesting players too. They have a uh, Justin Bean, um, and they have. You would want to get San Diego State this year as yeah. well. Oh, and they have Marco Anthony, who I, I don't know if you had heard. He, he was in the news recently. He wears the number forty four. Why would he wear the number 44, Jace? Terry West? No. No. He's a fan of the four for four deal at Wendy's. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, that's a... Yes. He's also a transfer from Virginia. But yeah, he, he's been a, a big player for them. Um, yeah. I, I, I was, I was kind of leading Utah State here. But yeah, Texas Tech has Terrence Shannon. They have Chris Beard as the coach. I'm going with that. And moving on, we got the 3-4 team. We got Arkansas against the East yeah. Academy. Colgate. Yes. Now, Colgate is, it seems like, f- for whatever reason, 
they do have like they have some interesting shooters. Um, yeah, Nelly Cummings. Only played fifteen games. Yeah, I know. And I think I think you got Moses Moody. You got some. You got some guys that we've. I know. I know. Like I I want to really like Arkansas here, and I do. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's hard for me to to choose against them. I I just think they're they're they have some nice athletes like and and some size and. So a, a little guard play too. Moses Moody's been so good. So I know that Colgate is like that. If you're going for like the 14-3, it seems to be that Colgate is the favorite here. I'm sticking with Arkansas. And then going on, we got the 7-10. We got Florida, Virginia Tech. Florida obviously has had a, an interesting year losing Keontae Johnson, you know, super early four games into the season. You know, so never, never quite really got back on the same, same sort of footing, and again, like sort of lacking some real signature wins. Yeah. On the year, but again, Virginia Tech as well doesn't have a ton of huge signature wins either. Yeah. For whatever reason, Florida also has Trey Mann, who's a legit NBA prospect. It grew from his freshman season, which was a little disappointing after he came in as a McDonald's All-American, but has that like super quick release, has become better as a decision maker also. So yeah, he's firmly on the NBA draft radar. I'm going with Virginia Tech. I'm just feeling it. And <laughs> yeah, if, if Keontae was playing, I, I think the season would have been very different for Florida just in general. But yeah, they uh, have a, a player that made the was an all ACC consideration, Kevin Aluma. Um, yeah, going with VT. I can't go totally chalk. Like, you know, that'd be crazy. We gotta get, we gotta make so. And then yeah. coming in in that 215, we got Ohio State or Roberts. So we will just move right on to the next region because Ohio State is. No, we will not. You think you like you're gonna stick up for Oral Roberts? No, I'm not. It's not even sticking up for Oral Roberts. I need to mention, I have to mention. A few players. I actually did research on these guys because they're interesting. I don't know if you know anything about Oral Roberts this year. I know actually have. Them. Oh, you know, you know about Oral Roberts as an institution. Yeah, they have a couple players who are kind of interesting. They have Max A. Smith, who's the leading scorer in college basketball this year, and they have uh, Kevin O'Banner. And yeah, so they they have a couple guys. I just need to mention them. We can move on and also have them losing in the first round. That, that's fine. But just a, a couple of players just to look out for uh, from Oral Roberts. And that's the last we will speak of them. Yes. <laughs> just, need to, just need to mention Ace Miss and O'Banner. Moving on, moving on the Midwest. We've got Illinois as the number one there against Drexel. Yes. Again, not, not, not seeing a lot of issue there for Illinois, just coming off the Big Ten championship and again in a very strong big 10 they've been a pretty great team all year so not really seeing any issues going on in that 116 but again yeah. we come back to an 8-9 we got Loyola Chicago Georgia Tech yeah and Loyola Chicago has a guy who has been just like one of the more interesting men in, in college basketball for a while and was a part of that uh, Loyola team that w went far in the tournament, um, ended up losing to, to Michigan to uh, in the final four. 
Um, Cameron Crutwick, uh, big dude, slow, not very athletic, but really knows how to play. Um, averages 15, 6.7 rebounds, three assists, um, a steal and a block. Yeah, he, he's just uh, – it seems like they, they have, like, a, a really nice team again, obviously, getting that uh, in the 8-9 game. Um, nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm, I am going to go with Loyola Chicago. But Georgia Tech, man, I, I felt like they kind of got screwed here. <laughs> Yeah, they've been playing. They've been playing pretty hot. I mean, Moses Ray was ACC Player of the Year. Yeah, they had some. They had some momentum going for them. But Jose Alvarado was also um, Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC. So yeah, they, they had a couple guys. Oh, sorry, I think you cut out. Oh, and I was gonna say as a, as a senior. So yeah, that, that's a, it's a tough tough match for them. But yeah, a lot of people are really kind of high on Loyola Chicago's defense. I mean, they're really. Shutting some people down, they're averaging fifty-five points, you know, points a game allowed, which is a pretty, pretty, pretty strong number. Obviously, they haven't played a ton of huge teams. They did lose to Wisconsin. They they won twice, lost once with Drake. Yeah, but that, that loss to Drake was a crazy close game. And then the game before, they like drubbed Drake, so that that was pretty crazy. Yeah, but I guess they're known for this like this like no middle like on ball defense kind of thing. So yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting to see. And yeah, I, I think they definitely can can take it to, to Georgia Tech. Yeah. And then in the five twelve, we are we have Tennessee against Tennessee. Oregon State, who yeah. came out of nowhere to win the Pac twelve tournament, and hopefully Tennessee. they can go back to where they came from very quickly. Yeah. Tennessee has uh, two of the premier freshmen and. Uh, potential lottery picks and Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer um, that, who have just garnered more minutes throughout the year and uh, have just gotten more comfortable as, as players in general. Um, they are somewhat inconsistent offensively. They, they Springer and, and Johnson are just both really well known for their defense. They have Eves Pons, who's a tremendous defender. We're hoping John Fulkerson can play after he was elbowed in the face by Omar Payne during the SEC tournament. Um, and then Victor Bailey has been kind of like a, a shooting spark plug for them throughout the year. Um, and I'm I'm going with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the I really like this Tennessee team. I, I feel like they've kind of underachieved, if anything. But yeah, I, I feel like Tennessee uh, takes that one. Yeah, I think like the Beavers really like they 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 got some they got some very lucky shooting there going on in Vegas. Yeah, and I just yeah I think Tennessee's got some some pretty good depth. But moving on to the four thirteen, we got Oklahoma State against another school I don't really care for talking about is Liberty. Yes, that one I will go with you on because I I don't know as much about Oral Roberts as I do about Liberty, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll go with you on that one. Um, the thing we can mention is Oklahoma State does have some players that are, are playing pretty well, and they have the favorite for the number one pick in the NBA draft. If you haven't heard us talking about him, which we do nearly every episode, so, Cade yeah. Cunningham. and Cade Cunningham, Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, he's just been pretty much everything is advertised. Uh, the one thing is the negative assist to turnover ratio, but like, help him out, guys. Like, yeah, well, the, the guy makes every pass <laughs> help him out every once in a while 
Um, yeah, he just sees like incredible amounts of defensive pressure. But yeah, I, I feel like uh, they're going to take that matchup. And um, we move on to the 6-11. Yeah, we got San Diego State, Syracuse. Syracuse led by coach's son, Buddy Bayham. They have three players averaging over 14 a game. But of course, San Diego State, always a super, super solid team. Great defense. Right now, they're shooting about 38% from three as a team. Pretty solid. Yeah. I I just like San Diego State, man. I like I I've always been a fan of uh Mark Mitchell and Jordan Shackle is a senior as well. I, I just have a feeling they're they're going to get it done. Yeah, and I think Syracuse is kind of lacking lacking the length that like really makes the zone insanely successful. So yeah, I think definitely San Diego State comes comes through over there. In the 314, you got West Virginia Moorhead State. Eddie. Any trepidation for West Virginia? <laughs> I, I I don't. I'm a little surprised they were three seed over like a team like Oklahoma State, um, who had beaten them twice in the last little while. Um, but yeah, like I, while I, I think they're they're slightly overranked, they have guys like uh, Miles McBride, Derek Culver, um, Tash Sherman. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, solid team and uh i i wish i knew a little bit more about Moorhead state but uh yeah it doesn't seem like they're they're giving me too much trepidation there yeah and then 710 clemson rutgers interesting matchup because you look at both teams are like neither one of them shoots the ball particularly well yeah but one of them has to to score more points than the other and win the game yeah but i know for rutgers like i don't think they've made the tournament in in quite some time so this is you know big big thing for them they only got one shot yeah, any, any kind of. They also have little Jacob Young. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, that's a blast from they me. They have Ron Harper Jr. I know Ron Harper Jr. is there, but they're. Well, it fell off a little bit, but we, we had him as an All-American early in the year. Um, I want to go with Clemson here. I'm going to go with Rutgers. Let, let, them, let them have it. You know, they, they don't yeah. make it too often. And then Houston, Cleveland State. I'm guessing we're not seeing any issue going on here. No, I, I, I you know, as much as I'd love to pick a, a 15 over a two, it, it's safe to say I, I just think Houston kind of has it here. Um, yeah, I think again, Calvin Sampson, one of those close coaches, he'd lose his that, that too. Uh, yeah, they just they have some really nice depth. They have Quinn Grimes. Um, who has been was a Wooden Award finalist? Um, Tremont Mark has always been a, a guy that I've had my eye on early in the year as a freshman. Um, Jean Giraud too has been playing really well lately. Um, yeah, I, I'm going with Houston here. Cool. And then now we move back. We are in the round of 32, so a lot of teams. Yes. Send- so Gonzaga versus Missouri is what we have here, Jace. Um, let's just go with the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, so still feeling the Zags here. I really don't don't know who's going to match them. We got Gauchos, Virginia. Where are you feeling? You know, You're, are you are you ready to get crazy with the Gauchos? I would love to. I I, I just it's hard to you know. I know. Virginia is just so solid. Oh, yeah, they're just like they they lost some pretty bad games, but yeah, they're usually a pretty consistent 
team. Yeah, and they, and they have the shooting. Yeah. Yeah, and they you know they have some size. Yeah, I'll go with Virginia. And then um, the SC Kansas. Yes, I'm going with USC. I think USC is going to take it. I, I like. I just feel like the Jayhawks, if they really do lack that depth, then USC can take advantage. Yeah, no, I definitely. Like, again, like having a, a player as capable as Evan Mobley definitely can cause cause some nightmares for a lot of teams. Yes. Now, here's the one where I have to do some convincing. <laughs> I think I was going to beat Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be very difficult for the, the I hate guys. it. I don't want it to happen. But yeah, like Oregon has just struggled so much with size. It would be a different thing if they had and Folly Dante. Yeah. Yeah. But and like any depth. Uh, uh, I, I think we thought we were going to have more depth than we actually have had. And we, we thought certain players were going to, to make the progression that I don't think they, they have. I do love the four six foot six guys and the six foot five starting lineup. That's been great since it's been instituted. But I like to me, Iowa does the things that we're good at better than Oregon. With a center. Like with, with, with like the, with yeah, the best with center having, podcast. Not yeah. only this, not only a center. The college player of the year. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like as, as like in addition to that, yeah, it's gonna be tough for the Ducks, obviously. Yeah, the Ducks, but yeah, I think it's, know, it's interesting because it, it seems like uh they they at least like don't kill Oregon versus Iowa on this bracket predictor, but they do have Iowa as the favorite. So most likely. Moving back on to the east, we have Michigan against LSU. Is LSU pulling a, a second-round upset? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I, Michigan, think, Livers, I think losing Isaiah Livers is going to be a killer. I think Michigan's a team you could, yeah, like out of all the, the number ones, I think Michigan's a team you could do it against. Yeah. And um, Florida State versus Colorado, actually pretty damn close. And you'd have to go against your boy, Scotty. I'm not doing it. Yeah, Florida I'm State. I'm moving on. Moving on, and then we got the BYU Texas. I'm going with Longhorns. So I don't, I don't know if we mentioned this, but Longhorns three really solid guards, um, all upperclassmen. We have uh, Matt Coleman, Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, and then three great big men too. Yeah, I think in, uh, in Kai Jones. Well, Kai Jones comes off the bench surprisingly enough, even though he's. I think the most intriguing NBA prospect, Greg Brown, the crazy athlete, um, one of those stretch bigs who like either is shooting the three or finishing at the basket, no real middle game, no real dribbling uh, craft, and very little passing. Uh, and then Jericho Sims, who's transformed his body like tremendously. Uh, I really like this Texas team. So yeah, I'm going with them over BYU. And then we got Maryland. Yeah, I'm going with Bama. Yeah. I think they, were, they they have some senior leadership. They have shooting. Uh, I'm going with them. Moving on to the South, Baylor, Wisconsin. Go with Baylor. And uh, I think just ridiculous guard depth and uh, 
Yeah, I I meant to say Adam Flagler earlier, and uh, I apologize for that. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive. And then Villanova Purdue, Purdue. in that four or five. Yeah, go with Purdue. Take the big 10 there. And then Texas Tech, Arkansas at 6-3. I am going with the Razorbacks. I, I don't understand why so many people are down on them. I just, I just think they're a pretty good team. So, yeah, going with Arkansas. Got Ohio State, Virginia Tech, 2-10. I am going to go against Ohio State. I'm going with Virginia Tech. With the Hokies, okay. Yeah. I, I just I, I feel like there, there's some destiny there. And then you got an inter-Illinois matchup here in the Midwest. You got Illinois against Loyola, Chicago. Going with the Illini. Why would Loyola, Chicago like to take it to them? But I think Illinois, yeah, I think Illinois is pretty, pretty strong. And, and this is damn close. Like in th this is the matchup that everybody wants to see. Well, this has probably the most like like good like and and like future NBA guys. This has three lottery picks like right there. Yeah. Um, and I am going with Tennessee. I just feel like they're they're the more complete team. Uh, granted, Cade Cunningham could easily make me eat my words because. You give him the ball at the end of the game, and likely good things are going to happen. He's won so many games for them this year. Um, he could do that against a Tennessee team that does at times struggle to get offense. I just think they're a little bit more of a complete team, and I, I'm, I'm going with them. And then we got San Diego State, West Virginia. For whatever reason, like I'm not all in on West Virginia. Well, it's a different West Virginia type team. It's like more offense and defense, which is like kind of like the opposite of what Huggins usually has gotten going. I'm going with San Diego State. And then at the bottom of the bracket there, you got Houston Rutgers. I just think Houston has a little bit too much depth for Rutgers, as much as Jacob Young probably wants to get back at his dad's alma mater. Yeah, most like most likely not gonna not gonna have again. I think like inconsistency shooting is definitely gonna be gonna be fairly fairly painful. Then we yeah, are all water and uh, oh yeah, and then uh, Joseph played there too, his brother briefly before going to Oregon and being very brief. But um, so moving on to the sixteen, Sweet now, sixteen, we are in the West, Gonzaga, Virginia, Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Not going to debate you there. I think, again, I think the Zags are just like such a deep, deep squad. Yeah. And then the other matchup we got going on is Iowa. So you got Luca Garza, USC, got Evan Mobley. So you got like two big guys. I just think Iowa has a better team. Buttheads, yeah. Yeah. I'm going with them. Yeah, I think Iowa's just. I, I know Iowa's like one of those teams that people kind of like uh, favor or lose early on. But yeah, I. I I think they're a lead eighteen, and that's where that's where we got them going. And then you got yeah. in the East, we got LSU, Florida State. This is going to be a tough tough matchup for Florida State, but I'm just I'm rolling with them. Rolling with the Knowles, rolling, rolling with Scotty. Indeed. And then you got the the two three. You got Texas, Alabama. I am going with Tejas. You think front court? Yeah, I and I, I think the guard play too. It it's gonna that'll be a great matchup if it comes down. Also, like that that's an awesome one in Sweet Sixteen. 
No, yeah, that would be that would be super, super good game. And then you got Baylor Purdue. Go with Baylor. Definitely the, the experience. Guard, the guard depth there is just yeah. fantastic, and yeah, like Baylor is, is I think the rightful number two team in the nation. And then you got Arkansas Virginia Tech three ten. And yeah, I'll go with Arkansas also. As much as I'd like to pick a, a lower seed upset there. Moving on to the Midwest, Illinois, Tennessee. Illinois is so good, man. Again, again, you know, they, they have Io, they have Kofi Coburn. Oh, yeah. Um, Andre Curbelo has been so damn good in the in the minutes he's played also as a freshman. Uh have another good freshman, Adam Miller. Um oh, this is a tough one. Uh, yeah, I can't pick against Illinois here. I think I think Illinois riding riding off that that Big Ten there. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty tough. And then down at the bottom there, you got Houston, San Diego State. It's tough. I'm going with San Diego State just because I like. I want that. No, I'm going with Houston. I'm whipping out. I'm whipping out. Oh God, I hate my brackets so much. Cold feet there, but yeah, so we got, got got the Houston there. Now we are at the Elite Eight. You got to come out of the West region. We have Gonzaga and Iowa. Yes, I'm going with Gonzaga. Go roll with the Zags. Yeah. I think yeah, I was a good team, but yeah, I think again, Gonzaga yeah. at all at all levels. That that pretty high there. And then for the East, Florida State, Texas. They already played each other too. Gonzaga and Iowa. Yeah. With Gonzaga obviously winning. <laughs> Being undefeated. And then so Florida State, Texas to come out of the East. I'm going with Texas. Yeah. I, I feel like Texas is uh, the team out of the East. I think Shaka, yeah, Shaka's also a good, you know, great coach as well. So I think this is definitely sure. awesome. Would be awesome for to see him there. And then you have Baylor and Arkansas. Gonna go with Baylor. Just keeping keep going going with that depth. Yeah. At Baylor and then Illinois, Houston. Oh god. This is like the hardest one for me. Yeah, this is just... I hate having three number ones. I hate it. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like, I own Kofi. Like, yeah, I, I this is like not a year it's going to happen, but yeah, like they, they are like. I think Illinois is just a legit, really good team. And as good as Houston is, yeah, like I, I feel like Illinois just has a, a little bit of that firepower. Like having Io and Kofi come back, they've just been so damn good. And uh, I, yeah, I just I, I think they they have depth that's going to be uh, pretty impressive even in the NCAA tournament. So now we got our two final four matchups. We got Gonzaga and Texas. Going with Gonzaga to go to the NCAA finals. And then I will take Baylor. The Bears. This is the matchup we all want to see. It is. We all want to, they, like for the longest time, the Baylor didn't lose until they had a long layoff from COVID-19. Um, and they did lose in the big 12 championship as well. But yeah, I, I think uh, I, I know I'm crossing my fingers and 
it, it was supposed to happen. This matchup was supposed yeah, to happen. It was scheduled. Yes. And they deprived us of this matchup, of the insane shooting and depth of the Baylor guards versus just the all-around insanity of talent that Gonzaga possesses. Um, yeah, I would uh, I'd like to see it. And I am rolling with the team that I, I feel has just been the best team this year, and that's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And that's the first undefeated, you know, pulling this off, you're the first undefeated team in quite some time to to do it. I think, I forget what year, we're like, yeah, it's like since like the 80s at least, or not, I think it was 1976 or something like that. It was like maybe like Indiana or something. Like there hasn't been a team that's gone under undefeated because all those like, remember Stanford was undefeated once during the regular season. Like there's been, there's been teams that have gotten to the Memphis, I believe was undefeated the one year as well. Mm-hmm. So this would be, you know, pretty, pretty historic. And then it, if it were to happen, you know, it finally gets that for Mark Few, it checks out off for Mark Few because Gonzaga, you know, they went from this program that used to be, you know, seated a little lower and then kind of make some upsets. Then they got to this point where they were getting consistently ranked you know, a one, two, three seed, but still never really got that far. They finally made the, the finals against North Carolina a few years back, but again, never crossed that threshold and be pretty, pretty awesome. It would be great. It yeah. would be absolutely fantastic if Mark Few finally had an NCAA tournament championship. And I, I think this is just a, a really special team. One thing I will say, the best team in the NCAA does not necessarily always win the NCAA tournament. That's true. <laughs> this is a, the tournament. It's it's a grind, man. And yeah, like it, it's great if a team does win it, and like you know they are the champion that year. But yeah, like I, I just think Gonzaga and Baylor have been two historically good teams um, over this last little while, and that would just be fantastic if uh, we could see them play in the championship. But at the same time, expect a lot of madness, a lot more than what we were uh, willing to predict. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, it's hard to convincingly say like you're gonna, yeah, you know, bet on that with like certainty. So yeah, definitely, there's gonna oh, be, yeah. there is gonna be some, some craziness. Yeah, and so definitely, you know, that's the most exciting part. It's just really. And I love that they changed this a few years ago when they went with all the, when CBS and Turner partnered, because like way back, it used to just be CBS. They showed you whatever game they showed you. But now it's like, it's awesome because you get to watch like every single game. Like you just have your like four channels you're flipping through between CBS, TNT. It's great. Yeah. And the way they stagger them too. Yeah. So like everything's really set up for like great viewing experience. They're showing you those tickers. So you're, you're hopping to, you know, any hot game that's, that's going on. If, you know, the game you're currently really focused on is an, is an exciting and can kind of bounce around. So definitely really time to see how many hours you can clock of, of watching. Yeah. And definitely when it's all said and done, who do you think is going to be, you know, based on Gonzaga, keeping this getting through the tournament, most outstanding player. I'll go with Corey Kispert. <laughs> he's just, he's been that guy for them as, as great as Drew Timmy and, uh, Joe and Suggs are, and I think Joel Ayabi has been really important, also. But yeah, I'll go with Corey Kispert. Awesome, yeah. I think I think it'd be super super exciting to to see the Zags 
take it, but if not, I will settle for the ducks. So, you know, again, who knows, who knows what happens? That's why, that's why we got to watch. We're, we're always cheering for the ducks here. I, I know it may be annoying to most who watch the show, but um, yeah, just also want to shout out my good friend, Sonny for this amazing Memphis hustle gear that he gifted me. And uh, yeah, that's just something I greatly appreciate. It's something that I love. And the last thing that I would like to shout out is my nephew, Andrew Weisenberg, turns one year old tomorrow. Andrew, happy, happy birthday. And uh, much congratulations. Of course, the first birthday, always the congratulations goes to the parents. Um, so Jen Weisenberg, Jason Weisenberg, congratulations on one year as parents to my wonderful nephew. Andrew well, thank you. And we're very excited because this is his first March, March Madness. And it's funny because last year when he was born, I was very excited because I was getting all this time off work <laughs> and I was going to be at home all day and I was going to just, you know, take care of him and watch basketball. And unfortunately, not, we were, we got to watch basketball, not live basketball. We watched all of the games that CBS was playing from like the eighties and like these classic championship games where I knew the results, but yeah, it's very, very exciting for him to get his Before first. They had the three point line and yeah, lots of those. Yeah. There's a lot of those games where you're like, Oh, how come this is not an HD? You're like, Oh, that didn't exist then. But, <laughs> but thank Yeah. Super excited for him to get his first March Madness under his belt. And then, you know, who knows in a, in a couple of years, he'll be up here picking out a bracket with us probably based on, mascots or, or i'm guessing by next year <laughs> yeah yeah i'm guessing we could do something we could definitely do something you know like they have like the you know the octopus pick the pick the teams or something like that yeah that's oh by next year he's going to know the names of all the schools like you have no idea the scouting master class that i'm going to give this child that is true that is true we're looking we're looking forward to getting him up and and blogging and then obviously you know pro insight might have some some you know stories Featuring him, he could even be a player writer as he writing about himself as he, as he he grows in his game. But oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> and then peaking at five foot five, but it's super exciting. Hey, he'll have all the tools to analyze the game, though. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I that's I think that's one of the, the things I always look forward to the most too. It's just yeah, like teaching him teaching him about basketball, let him let him learn the game, and yeah, hopefully not learn as many swear words as quickly as I think he would based on my current watching of, of basketball, but that's what it's for. But again, thank you guys so much for, for checking this out and listening to our tourney picks. We hope you guys watch as much basketball as you know, we are going to, and we will definitely probably have some walkbacks. Probably. I don't know what the right word is for how we'll yeah, next, next week, I, I think you'll know that we're going to, uh, go over the tournament a little bit. We will have some NBA draft content coming for you really soon. So stay tuned, Viseland. Thank you so much for going over the NCAA tournament with us. If you want to hit us up, we would love comments. We would love questions, anything like that. We also would love reviews, likes, subscriptions. That helps out Viseland so much. It helps out Jason and I. And, um, you know, we're just trying to talk about basketball and, and kind of build a community here. Um, so yeah, email us vislandpod at gmail.com. You can follow him at Jay Weisenberg on all platforms. You can follow me at NBA Draft Mikey V. 
on Twitter uh, at Mike, M-I-C-L Weisenberg on Instagram. I swear one day I'll change it. And eh, you know, but there's, but if you look up my name, I'm not hard yeah. to find. I know that's the uh, thing about our last name. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to find a, like a thousand of them out there. Exactly. But thank you guys so much for checking us out. And we can't wait to connect next week to talk more tournament and then lead on into that NBA draft. So thank you guys so much. And we'll catch you all next week.